well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking with our friend Mike Harris from the uh, Gun Owners Action League up in Massachusetts uh, <laughs> about an election. I'm, I've been looking for good news, and I just haven't found much. Uh, when it comes to uh, good news for gun owners, certainly not in uh, my home state of Virginia, where Democrats took back complete control of the state legislature on Tuesday. Uh, it doesn't mean that gun control is going to get uh, moving in the Commonwealth. Uh, you do still have Governor Glenn Young. And in fact, I, I suspect that if Democrats are uh, savvy, uh, they will lay very, very low on the gun issue uh, in the upcoming session in Virginia. They will not talk about gun control. They will not push for a gun ban because they know that Governor Young is going to veto it. And they want voters to forget just how outrageous uh, their previous gun controls, uh, gun control proposals have been. Remember when uh, Governor Ralph Northam was still in office and Democrats took uh, complete control of the legislature in 2019, one of the first bills that was offered uh, was a ban on so-called assaultments. And Governor Northam actually wanted a ban not only on the uh, uh, manufacture and sale of modern sporting rifles, but a ban on the possession of those guns as well. Now, a uh, the, the, the bill that ultimately emerged uh, grandfathered in existing owners, and that bill was rejected in part uh, by a number of Democratic uh, state senators in Virginia. But um, those senators who still remain in office have basically all flipped, and they're now in support of a uh, gun ban. So uh, unless we see a uh, much better election result in 2025, uh, when again, the uh, state house is going to be up for grabs uh, in all statewide offices, tell you what, uh, Virginians could be looking at the Californication of our uh, gun laws in the very near future. Uh, But on today's show, we're not going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about, um, well, the Massachusetts vacation, if that's a word, of uh, gun laws and a small victory, but a significant victory for gun owners in the uh, Bay State this week. We'll get to that in just a moment. Before we do, we got to talk about this for just a second. Biden's America, it is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch me next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call GoldCo, so you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-timing 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last, and if you call them today, Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And now let's uh, turn our attention to what happened in Massachusetts this week. Uh, Mike Harris, Director of Public Policy at the Gun Owners Action League, was uh, gracious enough to spend a couple minutes with us this morning talking about a a flip uh, in the Massachusetts State Senate. And that, again, significant not only for Republicans, it is certainly significant for Republicans, but this is, I think, significant for gun owners as well. Take a look and a listen. Mike, thanks so much for coming to the program. Um, honestly, I have to say, I was not expecting to uh, to call on you so soon after our last conversation, but 
sitting here looking for good news uh, from Election Day. And there's not much to be found in Virginia where Democrats took back control of the state legislature. But then I start looking at Massachusetts. There actually is legitimate good news for gun owners yeah. here. Uh, a, a pro-gun uh, voice getting elected to the state Senate uh, yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah, Peter Durant. He uh, he flipped a House or a Senate seat. My apologies. Um, so now uh, Republicans have ten percent of the Senate, four out of forty. So <laughs> you know, the, any any progress is good progress. But you know, it, yeah. it, uh, it is what it is. But yeah, he's Peter's. He's great. He's one of the good ones. He's been uh, a strong advocate for us through his entire time in the House. And um, how was he on forty four twenty? Like, did he actively oppose forty four twenty? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was one of the loudest voices against it, actually. Um, He was awesome. He uh, he's actually the he until he takes his Senate seat. um, He's actually the ranking Republican on the committee of the judiciary. So he was the, you know, a a vocal opponent of the bill of the committee that he sits on. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Mike Day uh, was is the chair of that committee and he's the one who proposed the bill. And Peter immediately came out against it. And um, actually, funny story. So October 10th was the day of the hearing on the bill where they had the the joint committee hearing with uh, Ways and Means when they kind of took the we didn't see him do it, but they took the time machine back and stuck it in that, you know, in that uh, budget bill. And that oh, yeah. it had always been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Peter had to make a decision if he was going to be, you know, out in the district and, and campaigning because he had he had a primary opponent. Um or if he was going to, you know, do his job and be in Boston at the state house, and he chose to be at the state house for, you know, five or six hours on the day where his name was on the on the ballot, and uh, you know, you can't you can't ask, uh, you can't ask anything more of somebody who's running for office. He that was a that was a a stand up move, and we appreciated it a lot. Yeah, absolutely, it showed in the vote. Now there there is an interesting twist here. This is a this was a flip, right? I mean, this is a seat that's yeah. been occupied by Democrats for long I think several time. decades yeah, uh, at this time. point, long, long time, right? Mm-hmm. So, but but the Democrat who the reason why we had the special election is because the Democratic state senator was appointed by Governor Healy to uh, yep. to a state position, right? Yeah, and the he, rural affairs coordinator or something. Yeah. Okay, and you said she was actually good on the issue as well. She was great. Yeah. And Gobi, she was a hunter. She's, she's awesome. She was, that, I think that's one of the reasons why the governor pulled her up to do what she's doing now. <laughs> to, to get rid of a pro-gun Democrat. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I know. And, and uh, yeah. And, uh, but she, she was always great. She got an A from us. She, we endorsed her all the time. She was, she filed bills for us. She was great on our stuff. We were actually kind of sad when she was leaving because we didn't know what was going to happen after that. And, you know, yeah, our, 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 uh, advocacy voices are, are getting slimmer and slimmer and but this this was we couldn't have asked for a better turnout that is fantastic now what about what about what about durant's uh, democratic opponent how was so, how are they on guns john slotnick so he's he's great too <laughs> he he got uh, he why are all of these pro-gun politicians in one district mike we need to like start to get them spread out across the state here an endorsement from us this last time through and we'll probably give him an endorsement this time against yeah oh, okay sorry did, did i pop did i pop up for a yeah just for a uh, second but yeah he was one of the few uh, he was one of the few democrats that voted against 4135 he's he's great okay <laughs> we'll, we'll probably endorse him for if he runs for re-election we'll probably endorse him this time <laughs> so the so the good news is that he is yeah. a sitting state rep and so he'll yeah. stay in the state house and hopefully continue mm-hmm. to be one of those democratic voices advocating yeah. for 
true common sense gun laws, which is not yeah. what uh, 4135 is all about. Um, is, is there something about this district? Is this a rural part of Massachusetts? Why, 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 why are all of these pro Second Amendment politicians in this one part of the state here? It, it just kind of it's there's Worcester County. It's a strip that runs through the center of Massachusetts, and it's it's odd. It's it's split up into the, the districts are split up strangely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have Worcester, the city of Worcester, and then I'm, I'm looking at my map here. And then you have a few different like smaller cities around. Um, and, you know, we have colleges you can't you can't throw a rock in Massachusetts without hitting a college. So right. that always kind of skews things. But this this district is kind of in that sweet spot where um it's it's normal people. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't realize that there was still a part of Massachusetts that could be described that way. That's that's good yeah. news. Yeah, um, it's it's such a weird electoral map in Massachusetts because Western Mass should be red. But yeah. there's, you know, there's the there's the the sisters out there and all those uh, uh, liberal arts colleges that just skew everything. You know, right. They're, it's farmland as far as you can see until you hit six or seven colleges. <laughs> <laughs> so so now that uh, Representative Durant is, is going to be uh, Senator is now uh, Senator elect Durant. Mm-hmm. Does that mean there's going to be another special election to fill his yeah. State rep seat? Yeah. Are there any names being uh, banded about? Ah, uh, not that I've heard. I know his. I think there was some talk about his. Um, one of his former aides running. Okay. Um, who's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I haven't really heard any names yet because I, I, the GOP in Mass kind of. Our contingency plans are kind of weird, <laughs> right? Well, so yeah, and and this was actually part of the uh, the coverage at the uh, the Boston Globe, which I'm always hesitant to uh, to take the Globe at face value, especially when it comes to gun issues. But um, they were talking about how there has been a change in leadership within the GOP, right? Yeah. The former, uh, the, I guess, Jim Lyons was uh, ousted in January, according to uh, the Boston Globe. So now you've got a new uh, yeah. a, a chairperson and. Um, it sounds like again, this is a a good step forward for the uh, mm-hmm. for the party. How do you, I, you? And again, not that the right to keep and bear arms is is partisan. I mean, particularly in Massachusetts, right. it's so important that you be able to work with Second Amendment Democrats who actually recognize the value of the right to keep and bear arms. But yeah, that's our bread and butter. <laughs> at, well, I mean, it has to be. Again, if you've got yeah. you know ten percent of the state Senate is Republican, you better be looking for those. Uh, Broken Democrats. In fact, yeah. you know, in Virginia, we should probably start taking some advice from you guys on how to do that uh, with with the makeup of our own legislature changing. But you know, was forty four twenty or forty one thirty five or whatever bill number it is now was that was gun control an issue in this race? Even if both candidates were Second Amendment supporters, is this an issue that matters to their constituents, to the voters in this district? Yes, absolutely. I would say evidenced by who was running, um, you know, who came out of the end of the primary on this on both mm-hmm. sides, who held the seat for as long as she did. Um, and the fact that Peter was such an outspoken critic of this bill and that John uh, Zlotnick felt comfortable enough to vote against the the bill, you know, a couple weeks out from the, the, the general election. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a big deal. And then Peter's been 
up and down about this thing since it came out. So, um, you know, the makeup of this district saw, I think they see gun control for what it is. <laughs> right. Um, and they're, and I think a lot of people were turned off by the process that this bill came through. They, the, uh, Democratic leadership in the House really did themselves a disservice, in my opinion, with the way that they snuck this thing. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I mean, I don't know to what purpose, what what was accomplished by doing that. Um, clearly, it didn't put the uh, the pressure on the state Senate uh, to uh, to move forward, as you and I talked last time. And we're we're kind of beating that drum. Now yeah. and we're, did you cut out? Oh, yeah. I think we 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 I think we might be having some uh, so just some uh -huh. little technical glitches, but um, but uh, you know, as, as I was saying, um, mm -hmm. you know, the I don't know what the reason for this these machinations by the House was. It didn't. If it was an attempt to put pressure on the Senate, it didn't work, right? Because as nope. you told me last time, the Senate has come out and said we're not going to be dropping any legislation until at least January. Yeah. Um. So they, you know, they they ticked off a lot of people, yeah, fired up gun owners. Uh, and again, for what purpose? So they could say they passed a bill? I, I Legacy shopping for the speaker? Okay. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It, it was the urgency that they slammed this thing through with in, you know, the first year of a two-year legislative session mm -hmm. was really strange. And and the fact that they, they felt like they had to go through. I mean, they, they had the votes. It was obvious from the beginning they had the votes to pass something. Right. Uh, the fact that they needed to go through and strong arm people and play these weird little dirty tricks really, I think, when I've described it to people, even people on the other side of this issue from us, um, when I've described it to them, they've, they've really, it's kind of spun their heads around and made them kind of just turns them off. And this is the kind of stuff that, you know, people talk about all the time that that shakes confidence in these institutions of government that we have. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. Well, and uh, we're going to be continuing to talk about this. So mm -hmm. so with Durant now heading to the uh, Senate and the Senate leadership saying, well, it's going to be at least January until uh, we, we get a bill. Yeah. Is there a chance that Durant will have a seat at the table in crafting the Senate's gun bill? Absolutely. So. Uh, so there's a there's a hearing coming up. I believe it's the 28th um, where the Senate uh, Public Safety Committee is going to be taking up. Um, they're they're going to be hearing about all of the bills that have been filed so far. OK. Um, and, and the Senate seems to be taking a lot more thoughtful approach to this rather than starting from scratch. They're going to take a look at all of the legislative concerns that senators and you know outsiders currently have so that they can kind of look at those things and maybe incorporate some of that stuff into a piece of legislation. Um, and there's been some talk uh, in the Senate the last few days that we've been hearing where they're going to start focusing on certain aspects of the law that they want to address rather than just jump on this thing as a, as a holistic or not a, a, as a, you know, attack, I guess, right. for lack of a better way to say it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you know, listen, you and I have talked before about the, mm -hmm. uh, the makeup of the Senate. I know that you're not expecting a great bill. 
no, um, I mean, less bad, perhaps, than the house version, yeah. but uh, more thoughtful. Uh, not just a knee jerk uh, attack on gun ownership. Right. Um, okay. Well, I mean, fingers crossed that uh, Senator, yeah. elect, uh, Senator elect Durant does have a seat at the table and, and can at least uh, perhaps mitigate some of the uh, damage yeah. that might be done here. But uh, I know we'll be talking about this going forward. Uh, and in the meantime, you know, congratulations. I'm, I'm glad that A was a choice between two candidates who have said yeah. and done the right things. Uh, I, 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 I hope that. That is the case one day for many more racists in Massachusetts. Yeah, <laughs> right? me too. Yeah, I mean, I I have nothing, especially on this issue. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's other things that we disagree with, uh, disagree about, but I have nothing negative to say about uh, Reb Zlotnick either. He's a yeah. he's a great guy. We've worked great with him, and uh, you know, we didn't even we didn't even get involved in this race because we knew that we had friends on both sides of the election. So, you know, rather than you know make an enemy we just said we're just going to stay out of this because we right. we like both of you guys you've both been champions of the cause throughout your entire legislative careers and we're we hope the best for both of you <laughs> well I, I i hope the best for both of them too it's good that we've got a uh, pro-gun democratic voice in the house and it's good that we've got a uh you know another pro-gun republican voice in the state senate uh and hopefully yeah. again they can uh help protect the second amendment because it needs a lot of protection in Massachusetts, exactly. Mike. Listen, man. Thanks so much for uh, for hopping on. It was kind of last minute request here, but I'm glad you could join us on the show today. Me too. Thanks a lot, Cam. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, man. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Mike Harris from the Gun Owners Action League with us here in Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. And my thanks again to uh, Mike Harris for uh, hopping on with us this morning. And yeah, I think based on our conversation, I think I'm going to reach out to uh, the senator elect, as well as Representative Zlotnick, the uh, pro gun Democrat who uh, was defeated in this special election because. I I would love to talk to a pro-gun Democrat. They're such endangered species around the country these days. And, I, I you know, after the election results this week, I, I think we need to uh, – we, we need to – we can't put all of our Second Amendment eggs in the GOP basket. I think we, it would behoove us as uh, Second Amendment advocates to, again, uh, reach out to those pro-gun Democrats, try to grow the number of pro-gun Democrats, not only in – States like Massachusetts or Virginia, where again Democrats now have a complete, or will soon have complete control of the uh, state legislature. But uh, around the country, you know, we saw one of the things that um, emerged from uh, this year's elections, and we saw this in Virginia. Uh, every town running a lot of ads in support of their gun control candidates that barely mentioned gun control, instead focused a lot on abortion, and that proved to be a winning message uh, around the country. Both in Virginia, we saw uh, issue one pass uh, overwhelmingly uh, in Ohio, um, you know, we know, again, that there are arguments that can and should resonate with Democrats when it comes to protecting our right to keep and bear arms. I personally think that the fact that it's a constitutional right uh, is chiefly among them, even though that seems to be largely ignored. But, you know, you've got uh, Democrats like Anthony Brown, the attorney general in Maryland, who's, uh, you know, what can we do about mass incarceration? Well, how about wiping some of these uh, nonviolent possessory felonies off of the books? And that way you're not putting people in prison for exercising the right to keep your arms. I don't know. I, I just think it's it's worth it. It's a conversation worth pursuing. So I will reach out to uh, Representative Zlotnick um, and see if he'll be willing to join us in the program. No guarantees, but uh, we'll see. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day. And our recidivist report will start there with a case out of Iowa 
and Illinois, actually. Here's the uh, headline from KCCI. Suspect in deadly Eastern Iowa shooting was previously barred from having a gun after a conviction in uh, Illinois, uh, apparently. KCCI says on Tuesday, police in Monticello, Iowa, say 38-year-old Nathan Russell of East Dubuque shot and killed a man named Aaron McAtee outside of a convenience store in what police say appears to be a random act of violence. Uh, officials found Russell in Hopkinton later in the day. Officer ended up shooting Russell and refused to comply with uh, orders to uh, uh, be detained. He's currently being treated at a uh, hospital in uh, Iowa, I believe, a uh, University of Iowa hospitals for his uh, injury. Uh, another uh, news outlet, KCRG, found court documents that showed Russell pleaded guilty in September of last year in Illinois to felony possession of methamphetamine. And as part of that plea agreement, a felony gun possession charge was dismissed. So the gun charge gets dropped, even though, you know, again, according to Illinois, oh, gun violence is oh so serious. But when you get somebody, ah, well, drop it, drop it, let's send them to the uh, drug charge instead. Judge uh, gave Russell two years in prison and a year of supervised release. Uh, KCCI says based on that timeline, Russell should still have been behind bars. But the Illinois Department of Corrections confirmed to KCRG that Russell was not in their parole system, could not say when he was released from prison. So not only should he have still been in prison, but he was apparently not on parole, even though he was supposed to have a year of supervised release after he got out. And this sentence was applied 14 months ago. Again, as Illinois lawmakers are passing all kinds of laws aimed at legal gun owners, what the hell is going on in the criminal justice system here? Uh, we don't know, but we do know that uh, Russell is now accused of murder after, uh, again, being sentenced to two years in prison less than a year and a half ago. Uh, today's Armed Citizen story from Omaha, Nebraska, Douglas County, technically, a uh, shooting on Sunday was self-defense, according to the Douglas County attorney. Uh, it sounds like this was uh, basically a, a domestic violence incident that uh, resulted in self-defense. Deputy attorney, uh, Deputy County Attorney Brenda Beadle said the uh, office has made a preliminary finding that the fatal shooting of 24-year-old Khalif O'Neal by 26-year-old Antonio Evans was justified. According to statements by police, police uh, called to a home uh, shortly before 3 a.m. Sunday morning on reports of a shooting. When they arrived, they found Khalif O'Neal with multiple gunshot wounds. He was taken to the Nebraska Medical Center where he passed away. Uh, Evans was still there on the scene, taken to police headquarters to be interviewed. Beadle said that the disturbance began after Khalif O'Neal arrived at the home, which belonged to the mother of his child, started banging on the windows and threatening to kill Mr. Evans. Uh, the banging, according to Beadle, went on, quote, for a while before Evans opened the front door. When he did open that front door, he had a firearm in his hand. Khalif O'Neal had a gun as well. Uh, Beadle said when Evans opened the door, O'Neal was pointing the gun at him. The two, quote, exchanged gunfire, each firing several shots before O'Neal was struck and fell backwards down the stairs. Evans actually stayed on the scene and rendered aid uh, to O'Neal. He was uh, cooperative with police. Uh, Beadle said his version of events matched evidence collected in the investigation. Uh, and again, this appears to be a uh, justified use of deadly force there in Douglas County, Nebraska. Today's uh, good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. A, a small business owner in Fairmont, West Virginia, Michael Wood, owns Power Wash Bros, which is uh, based in Morgantown. 
he was on his way back from a job and he noticed a cloud of smoke uh, coming from one of his customers' houses. So he pulled over and uh, got out. He says, I'm driving by on Highway 250. Peek over the bank. He said, there's this massive fire on a hillside. So he says, it's panic. I, I turn around as quickly as I could. I pulled down and I jump out and Bob's fighting the fire. I said, hey, I got my power washer. Can I help you? He said, yeah, get up here. So I went up there and I put the fire out with my power washer and I took a picture of it as well. Uh, apparently, uh, it took about an hour and a half uh, to put out the blaze using the power washer in question. Um, he said uh, it was perfect timing on my part, just getting here and put it out. He said, we're very close to having the fire department and come up here and put it out. It was pretty bad. It took a half hour, he said, uh, uh, to put it out with the power washer. Um, about a half acre burned. We've got a uh, wildfire, uh, not well, not particularly close to where I live, but uh, north of Charlottesville right now that has grown to, I think, 2,000 plus acres. They've had some folks have to be evacuated. So these things can get out of control very, very quickly. Uh, and if Mitchell Wood had not been in the right place at the right time and had the equipment to do the right thing, who knows how bad this could have been. He says he's been in the power washing business for a decade, says he's been waiting for a moment like this his entire career. He says, I always wanted to put out a fire with my power washer. He said, I'd seen it on national news years ago. Some guy put one out, but it was a car fire that he put out. Uh, he didn't you know, have the water in his pressure washer, so it just worked out. Worked out really good. It did. And now you can cross it off your bucket list. Hopefully, you never have to deal with that again. But in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing for a, a customer in need. Mitchell Wood, owner of Power Wash Bros in uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, we thank you for your very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you in this edition of Barry and Arms Cam and Company. And we will be back with you again on Monday of next week. But we'll be updating BarryandArms.com throughout the uh, meantime. Keeping you uh, up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation and beyond, actually. We've got a, a story today about uh, gun control activists filing a complaint uh, in an international tribunal alleging that the Second Amendment is a violation of human rights. Yes. Plus, armed citizen stories, the latest uh, legislative and legal news. It's all there for you at BarryAndArms.com. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else because your support really does matter, and it truly does make a difference. So thank you again. We'll see you back here for another edition of Cam & Company on Monday. In the meantime, be well, be safe and be free.